Welcome to Drazzled, the last episode of season two. We're just going to jump right in and talk about Blonde some more. In case you forgot, we're the podcast that takes award-winning worst films and fixes them. Sometimes. Sometimes. Wait, sometimes. Jack, this is the one where we're supposed to do that. <laughs> Jack, why are you looking at me like that? I'm host Jack Culbertson, and here to suffer alongside me as always. It's Joe Nealis. Jack, what's happening? You're giving me that look. <laughs> uh, how's your city water? Uh, it's, it's fine. How's your city air? Uh, I mean, I think I, th- I think you framed you framed it as my throat feels like I've been gargling screws, like what screws? drywall screws, drywall yeah. screws. That was it. Okay, yeah. Um, <laughs> not quite that bad. I think I've downgraded downgraded to like um, those like big plastic thumbtacks. Oh sure, sure, yeah. Um, or like old ones that are like that were like the the points have been kind of worn down. Oh, that's not too bad. Yeah, yeah. We're we're all good. We're all good here. Um, <laughs> wow, wow, we 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 wow, we did it, and here we are with blonde. Um, normally this is the part where I would ask you what knowledge you had of a movie prior to researching it, but it's from last year. Yeah, that's the thing. This one's this one's relatively fresh so it yeah i i knew i knew that it was happening i knew i knew of its existence when netflix had revealed that it was going to exist uh i i saw the up the, the news that anna de armis had been cast yeah and i saw the news that it was god awful <laughs> uh same uh, though i was also very confounded because before i had watched it obviously i knew like well anna de armis got nominated for an oscar for this right. but uh yeah which she was good, but she wasn't. I, I don't think she was Oscar nomination no. good, especially in a year where Viola Davis and Daniel Deadweiler uh, didn't get nominated as, and they put on arguably the two uh, best performances by black actresses of last year. But it's a movie about Hollywood. That, that is the fucking like yeah it is. That is yep. like the, like the, the it's the fucking la la land yeah. uh uh master key the la la land of it all yeah it's just it's a movie about hollywood thus they're going to nominate it for something right whereas nope didn't get nominated for shit <laughs> and it's also oh, a movie about hollywood that's true it is also a movie about hollywood extremely oh, critical of hollywood and also made by a black man there yeah there were monsters too and the oscars don't like horror yeah yeah it's dumb yeah uh i would like to jump straight to having people explain themselves yeah let's let, let's give the we haven't done the rundown of who's responsible for right. this one yet so um, uh, if you want if you wanted to hear what did and didn't work tune into part one if you haven't already you weirdo uh <laughs> but <laughs> let's let's it happens more often than it honestly should. it's it happened again with assassin's creed uh What's wrong with you people? I don't understand. Uh, anyway, uh, let's let's hold some people accountable. <laughs> um, so just so that Joe knows, and then the rest of the people who are listening also know, this episode is going to be different. 
Yeah, I got that from the look you gave me earlier um, when I mentioned fixing. I kind of wrote wrote it um, when I was in the middle of a bunch of bu- bullshit. So you did warn me about that beforehand. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it will be even a surprise to me. Um, Fascinating. Hey, Joyce Carol Oates. What do you know about? Joyce Carol Oates. Uh, prolific author for uh, decades. Uh, one of the best known young adult authors uh, in, in the United States. I didn't know she did YA. Oh, she does, she's done a lot of YA. Yeah, that's actually how I first got introduced to her was I took a young adult literature class uh, in undergrad when I was still thinking I was going to teach English. Oh, um, I didn't know that. I'm learning. Learn stuff yeah. today. Yeah, so I, I read some. I think I know I read some of her stuff. I just do, cannot for the life of me remember what uh, back then. But she's written a lot of you know, books for adults and uh, and is very wide ranging and uh, has a lot of buck wild opinions. <laughs> we'll get to it. Yep. Um, I was aware of her by her name. Yeah. And I had read Where Are You Going? Where Have You Been? I had watched. I had tried to get through her master class. Oh, she did a master class? She did, yeah. Oh, I had no idea. Well, I had just finished Neil Gaiman's master class, and I was like, that was really fulfilling and enjoyable, and I am I like spending time with this man. Because Neil Gaiman's great. Yeah. <laughs> just, <laughs> I love that guy. Um, I don't know that I learned anything super helpful, but it was very enjoyable to hang out. Uh, and then I went over to hang out with Joyce, because that was another name I, I recognized. Sure. And I hated it. It was like hanging out with Wendy from The Shining. Oh, no. And I felt bad, and I left. Uh, you should go hang out with Steve Martin for his com- for his comedy yeah, class. Yeah, probably. Yeah. So Joyce Carol Oates, she's, she's, uh, she was born in 1938. Um, oh, God, really? Yeah. I had, she's a little older. God, I had mm-hmm. no idea. She published her first book in 1963 and has since published... Again, it's for, Fourth yeah, of July. Yeah, it's still Fourth of July, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We're not being shelled. No. Yeah, I hope. I hope that actually uh, came up in the mix. <laughs> uh, she has published 58 novels, a number of plays, novellas, and like a wild amount of short stories, poems, nonfiction. Uh, some of her more notable work is A Garden of Earthly Delights, Them, The Wheel of Love, Wonderland, Black Water, and Blonde. She sure, she sure did do that last one in particular. Um, so she taught at Princeton from 1978 to 2004. Uh, but what I find more interesting than these little bio tidbits is her fucking true crime life <laughs> that she lived. Oh? Uh, yeah. So her grandfather was murdered before she was born. I mean, that sucks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which led to, like, an informal adoption. However, her paternal grandmother survived an attempted murder-suicide at the hands of her own father. What the fuck? As a kid, next door, her neighbor pled guilty to charges of arson and attempted murder of his family. Okay, so Joyce Carol Oates was, like, this close to growing up to becoming William Murderface from Death Clock? <laughs> right. Like, yeah. that's... Just surrounded by murder. Um, and, you know, it's it's weird. When she did get into writing, she focused on um, topics of, like, royal rural poverty, sexual abuse, class tension, um, you know, weird, well, weird stuff that you wouldn't think would interest a person. <laughs> 
Yeah, no, none sorry. of that's at all relevant to anyone's life experience. <laughs> sorry, <Jake>. Joyce. <laughs> so this is the part where we feel bad for Joyce. Uh, and now let's yeah, holy um, fuck, take a moment. Uh, that sucks. Uh, it makes sense that I like I said I've only read the one book, uh, and I've watched the one movie of based on her her novel. Um, and there, there's all that stuff in there. Mm-hmm. Um, there, yeah, there's there's a lot of that stuff in there. There's just some recurring themes. Um, executed poorly this time, as we a little uh, bit, yeah, a little bit. As yeah, we, I think we mentioned. Uh, hey, she's written fifty eight novels. I'm sure she's got a couple. Yeah, of... Yeah, uh, not everything's going to be a winner. That's yeah. it, it, when you're when you've written that much shit. I think about like the the uh, the gag about Stephen King like running out of ideas and suggesting he's going to write a horror book about a lamp. Which I, I forget if that I think that was a Family Guy bit, but sure. And uh, yeah, just he did one that was like a like a steam crusher. I forget what it was called. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It was a movie based on it because they were like a short story. And Stephen King, great, great, great. movie. Uh, uh, say Green no more. It. Say no more. <laughs> yeah. We will. We will absolutely adapt that. Um, yeah. When, when you've written, when you've had that yeah. much stuff published, like it. Some some of the stuff's not gonna live up to some of the other stuff. It's just gonna happen, right? You want to be mad at Joyce? Uh, you're not already. Do you want to be angrier at Joyce? Uh, maybe. Why? So Joyce likes to hang out on Twitter a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um. So she has said some things that have upset some people. I'm gonna preface this with she uh, again. We mentioned it briefly right, yeah, the, last the episode. One good thing. The one good thing. She's not a turf. Yeah. Like she she did she has on Twitter specifically spoken in favor of just respecting people for who the fuck they say they are. Which, so hold on to that. It's a low <laughs> it's a low fucking bar, folks. So it's just well, like one of my one of the authors I do like from this kind of like time period, Margaret Atwood, who did Handmaid's Tale. <sighs> yeah, she's is I can't say that. Can't say that. No. Like she, I mean she she's not JK Rowling, but no. she but she has vocally been yeah. a little turfy. If I recall, it's a lot of like, well, if we extend the definition of female to include everyone, then it will weaken our fight for feminism. Don't quote me on that. I don't know if that's her shtick, but yeah, I don't, a lot I, of people from that wave of feminism, that is their shtick. That is their shtick. And okay, I look okay, I recognize I'm a cis dude talking about this right yeah. now, but no, that's not how it works. I just like it's uh, that th- you're getting into oppression not. Olympics bullshit at that point. It's just Ooh, it, oppression Olympics. <laughs> okay, well, hey, she said some things that could be considered Islamophobic. Oh, Islamophobic. I missed mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Jesus. Um, and then when she was called out on it, she tweeted, quote, where 99.3% of women report having been sexually harassed and rape is epi- uh, epidemic. Egypt, national to inquiry. What's the predominant religion? Implying that if you're the dominant religion in your country is Islam or then what does she have to say about Catholic priests in the United States? Anything? Uh, you know, I didn't read that information, um, but it's not it's not a good take. No, it's a pretty it's shitty pr- take. Pretty, pretty rough. Uh, the other one that she's noted for saying is her responding to Mississippi schools pulling To Kill a Mockingbird from the curriculum, uh, which is not great. It's not great. No, they shouldn't have done that. Uh, tweeted that... Um, Mississippians don't know how to read anyway. 
Man, come on. Not nearly as bad as the first thing, but also it's, not it's great. Not. Like, it's not. It, it, it's not. Uh, come yeah. on, man. First off, illiteracy is still a thing throughout right, a lot. Right, throughout, yeah. throughout everywhere. Yeah. It's, not ju- it's not just the South. It's not just poor countries or wherever. There are illiterate people fucking everywhere. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just a thing. You don't need to make them feel fucking bad about it. You can <laughs> like, be upset that they pulled that book from the curriculum. If that, yes, yeah, you can just no be upset about that. <laughs> That's already upsetting. They uh, shouldn't have done that. And she's had other hot takes, but those are the two that um, are well best recorded and recent. the The one that the one that kind of made me just kind of squeeze the bridge of my nose in frustration uh, was uh, something. Uh, she said something along the lines of. How uh, back in the day, like you didn't have all these depressed people around, and that like, huh. the, like that uh, depression is a new phenomenon. Joyce, Joyce, a historical and bad. <laughs> I'm I'm not going to diagnose anybody. No, I'm yeah, I'm not going to. Um, I'm not here to pathologize. But I I did read your history <laughs> of I, murder. I'd be pretty depressed if I, I might grew be a up little sad, that. a little a little bit sad. Yeah. Uh. I, I I didn't grow up with anywhere near that level of tragedy, and I'm pretty yeah. sad. And now I can't think of anyone murdered that I'm aware of or would admit. Uh, then we have Andrew Dominic, who's the director of this film, and as we mentioned, the director of the film Killing Them, uh, Killing Them Softly. Yes. So his other two films, uh, his first film was Chopper, which Chopper that sounds familiar. I think it was Eric Bana. It's like a prison guy movie. It's like very masculine. Uh, I'm, um, I'm going to guess toxically so. I would guess so. I mean, it's I think he's I haven't seen it, so I have no idea. But. It's been a while since I've read about it, but I think it's he portrays Chopper, a very famous inmate. But I can't remember. Anyway, uh, sure. he followed that up in 2007 with the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Robert Ford. Oh, that was him, too. That was him. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Uh, that one I have not watched. Um, I want to because it's gorgeous. I would like to see it as well. Yeah. Uh, but I'm going to guess a bunch of Westerns tend to be more masculine. I mean, yeah, that is kind of that is a feature of the genre for sure. But the, it, it, I think it's interesting that you have Brad Pitt in this film and then you have Brad Pitt in his next film, Killing Them Softly. Yeah. Which I very much enjoyed. It's It's very masculine. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. Yeah, I want to be I want to be, cl- be clear on this because a lot of people think that whenever you bring up something being masculine, that uh, as a critique, that they they think you're talking down on all of masculinity. That if you say yeah. like, if you say that somebody is exhibiting tr- uh, toxic masculinity, that you're saying masculinity is toxic. No, that's not what's happening. The order of those words is important. <laughs> there, there are toxic forms of masculinity. Yeah. There are, there is, ma- there is, there are representations of masculinity that are hurtful, that are damaging, traumatic, uh, and there, are, and there are depictions of masculinity that are positive, that are supportive, nurturing, um, strong, but not yeah. like violent. And, and I, there's some that are violent, but yeah, it's right. it, there. There is it is a wide, complex construct being being a man in this so, world. I've been traditionally a man most of your life. Yeah, <laughs> um, 
I have not written strictly masculine stories. No. Though I've written plenty of toxic men into my stories. Yeah. I would not pick myself to direct Blonde. Not because of the subject matter. It's on kind of more up my alley than I would like to admit. Yeah. Uh, and the, definitely the time period. It's, it, as I say, time period-wise, it is very much in, in your wheelhouse. Yeah. You, you've done a lot of reading and a lot of research into, the, into that mm-hmm. era. But to tell this particular story of Marilyn Monroe, of what she went through in her life, I would probably want to have a perspective that aligns closer to that. If if you're to do this topic justice. Yeah. There are a lot of great women directors out there that could yeah. have tackled this and I think done it more justice. Even even working with Joyce's source text. Right. Yeah. I mean, you're you're already starting off you're, yeah. rough because <laughs> the source material is rough. So, yeah. I don't have any problem with Andrew Dominic. Maybe d- don't tell that story. That, yeah. That's not your story. Know when to pick him. Know when to fold. Yeah. yeah. The other thing I'd like to bring up about him, and this is foreshadowing, obviously. Um, oh? Yeah. Is his top 10 pick that he gave to Sight and Sound in uh, 2012. Okay. So he, these are his top 10 favorite movies. Um, really good lists. Apocalypse Now, Badlands, Barry Lyndon, uh, Blue Velvet, Marnie, the Night of the Hunter, Raging Bull, Sunset Boulevard, The Tenant, and Mulholland Drive. Okay, so you've got you've got well, there's some Kubrick, there's mm-hmm. some uh, there's some Lynch, Lynch, there's Hitchcock, there's Hitchcock. Uh, Wilder, there's I think Tenant was Polanski, but I can't remember mm. for certain. Uh, Scorsese. I mean, we can't really say like, oh, these are all man male directors. Well, they all, they all of course, they fucking were. <laughs> right. that, yeah, at that point of time, you're, um, you're, you're come on. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I mean, not that there weren't women directing things at correct. that point in time, but like the big, uh, the like the big films that are considered like you know cannot like, like the Western canon yeah. of film. Historically, it's dudes make it's dudes making them. That, um, the, that that is what has been passed down. Yeah, interesting that he picked Barry Lyndon for his Cooper, but yeah, I, not that I think it's bad. It's really I've never seen it, so I I I don't ha- I don't really know what to think about it. But it um, is you have to go in being knowing that you have to be patient. Because it's it's very long. It is rewarding, but it's long yeah. and slow. Uh, gorgeous, really interesting. It, there's this. This is like the stupidest part of the movie to pick to talk about. But there's this like seduction scene early on where people are just like playing cards. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And something like oh, pulls over. I've mentioned this, this before because I was like, I am very aroused right now. Yeah, we, you, when we talked about Fifty Shades of Grey. I oh think you talked yeah, yeah, about yeah probably. Um, subtlety. <laughs> it. It can be good. It can be. Uh, but what I want you to f- to remember, or I guess I'll bring it up right now, two of those films are Lynch. Yes. That's Blue Velvet and Mulholland Drive. Yeah. Have you watched either of them? I have not actually, no. So Mulholland Drive is about an actress mm-hmm. that comes from, like, like, you know, the Rust Belt or the, the Bible Belt to, to fulfill her dreams as an actress. Okay. Hollywood chews her up, doesn't respect her. Spits uh, her out. Spits her out. Yep. She responds to this by going down a dark path. And and that then it's, it's David Lynch stuff. So it's <laughs> So it gets fucking weird. It gets fucking weird. And and it's like it's not it's nonlinear. And no, probably okay. a nightmare. So hmm. anyway. 
lot going on there. A lot going on there. Uh, I really enjoyed it once I got past the part that would put me to sleep. I've tried to watch this movie like three times, but when I was tired. So yeah, I see, I, you can't do that. No. That's... Well, I would fall asleep. And then there's a there's probably the only jump scare I can think of in a Lynch film. And okay. I would like start to fall asleep right as that happens and have the bejesus scared out of me. And then you're awake. And then I'm mad. <laughs> <laughs> so thus you're awake. So I just turn the movie off and go do something else. <laughs> Uh, but I've I, recently watched it. Like I was like, I'm fully awake and ready. Let's go. Nice. So the last person that is responsible for this film in a very roundabout way is David Lynch. Really? Kind of, sort of. Maybe I just want to talk about him. Who knows? We'll get to it. <laughs> um, is it true? Who knows? <laughs> so David Lynch and Mark Frost, who developed and produced Twin Peaks. Twin Peaks we're supposed to do a Marilyn Monroe movie. Oh. Yeah. Oh. I wa- I'm curious to know if it was su- specifically supposed to be the made-for-TV blonde that we, we got from CBS. Okay. I don't know if that's true, but I'm going to say it's my uh, headcanon. It fell through, so they didn't get to do it, but they still wanted to, to create something for TV slash their agents wanted money. Um, <laughs> so instead, they we got Twin Peaks, which is a tragic story about a beautiful blonde who has increasingly tragic story and yep. Mulholland Drive, a movie about a white actress who's destroyed by the Hollywood machine starring Naomi Watts. Mm. So it's like there's a, there's a clear line of influence here. The adaptation of blonde that Andrew Dominic did cast Anna de Armas. She was not their first choice. Who was? There were two actresses they'd narrowed it down to Jessica Chastain and Naomi Watts. <laughs> what was that movie that you... What was your favorite movie there? One of your favorite movies hmm. there? Andrew. Mulholland Drive, huh? A movie that's a loosely based story on Marilyn Monroe or influenced by Marilyn influenced Monroe's life. Influenced by Marilyn Monroe, yeah. Uh, huh. So so not only was he going to give this... It was he going to give uh, this actor his Kennedy hat trick, but he was also going right. to give her a chance to actually play... Yeah, Marilyn, right. Uh, hmm, that's fascinating. I, I would like to take a break now. <laughs> I think that's that's an interesting note to go out on. Yeah, let's let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hey, welcome back. So we've now discussed who is responsible for the movie Blonde. Yes. Joyce Carol Oates, Andrew Dominic, and in a very, very, very loosely butterfly effect type way, David Lynch. Um, I'll let him know. That brings us to the part where we fix the movie uh, by by me providing a, a movie pitch. Um, and it's very short. It goes something like, don't. <laughs> don't. God do not do it. not make this movie. Allow me to provide you with the reason why. Please. Besides the movie that you've seen. There are, this is a list of the Marilyn Monroe films that already exist. There's a handful that are documentaries, but they're mostly in the style of what we received. Okay. So we have Blonde, 2001. We have Blonde, 2022. Goodbye, Norma Jean. Good night, Sweet Marilyn. The Legend of Marilyn Monroe. Love Marilyn. M. Marilyn, 1963. Marilyn and Me. Marilyn, The Untold Story. My Weekend with Marilyn. The Mystery of Marilyn Monroe, The Unheard Tapes, 
Norma Jean and Marilyn. Rendezvous in Montreal. This year's blonde. I, don't. Don't. You've you've I, already done it. I had no idea there were that many. There are I this might actually be true at this point. I was gonna say there's less Batmans than there are Marylands, but Oh, oh hold on no. Hold either on. way, you don't No, this has to be a scientific claim. Hold on. This, so we if we have Okay, there are fifteen Marylands. There are 15 Marilyns. Yeah. If you're going with Batman, you have the Batman movie with Adam West. Okay. Adam, Adam, have, okay. Batman 66. Okay. We you have, have Batman 89, Batman Returns, Batman Forever, Batman and Robin. Batman then Begins. Batman Begins, The Dark Knight, The Dark Knight Rises. I refuse to count. Batman v Superman. Oh, I'll count that one. It's, it's, a, it's a Batman. It's also a Superman, but it's, but it I is a Batman. I will not count Justice League. No, I will not count Justice League. No, um, and then and you have the Batman. The Batman. Yeah, there are. That's ten Batmans. That's ten. That, ten yeah. Batman. No, no scientific claim. We got it. Mm, yep, yeah, there we go. Accurate. More Marylands than there are uh, uh, Batmans. This um, is meaning you don't need another one. No, we really don't need another one. It does it, it does it does suggest that we need at least five more Batman movies? <laughs> even out Just, with the Marylands. The universe demands. <laughs> Balance. Including, and there was a number of these that were documentaries, so we need a documentary on Batman. On Batman. We need a full Batman documentary. Demand it be in a, on the, on the man, Batman, as though he were a real human being that exists. <laughs> See, I was expecting just like a, like, like a thorough ex, uh, exploration of the creation and the evolution of the character. But no, you want, no, no you want, you want a, 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 a gritty, hard hitting yeah. expose on Bruce yeah. Wayne, the actual man. God, who's the, and the guy man. who directed Thin Blue Line? Because he, he, he's a hard hitting documentarian. Anyway, uh, well, uh, <laughs> we'll call him up. <laughs> he's pretty old at this point. He's got nothing better to do then. Right, yeah. <laughs> if we were actually to include the documentaries that were about the development of the character, Batman would easily win. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. That's fair. But if you had to, if you're just like, no, I have this bucket of money that has to go to a Maryland story, if you really, really have to do it. It was in somebody's will. We had right, to do this. Yeah. We were legally bound. Then... I would like to see a Marilyn Monroe that has her agency back. Yes, that absolutely. She she used her sex appeal as a tool. She saw having to sleep with these men as a means to an end. She was very driven. She was very smart, which I did appreciate. That they kind of like kind of hinted at that in Blonde a little bit here and there. Like you get, you do get some idea that you know, she she's well read. Yeah, she can she can carry a conversation. She's a trained, skilled actor. I think I read somewhere that she was doing one of her like many, 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 many photo shoots, mm-hmm. uh, and they were setting up, and she was like re- like skimming through like a, a journal or a schedule or something like that. And like, oh, that looks that's that's a really interesting look. Do you happen to have a book on you that you could use for us to instead of your like calendar schedule or whatever? And she's like, well, the only book I have on me is Ulysses. Uh, Jesus Christ. Yeah. Uh, and like, yeah, that's great. So like she went and got in. They did the, the photo shoot. But then people were like, oh, she's just trying to look smart now. 
No, she just had that on her. No, it was just, the, it was just what she was reading. Yeah. yeah. She just happened to be reading Ulysses. Yeah. <laughs> I own a copy of Ulysses and have never opened it. <laughs> just It's good for that. It's good for that. I want. I do want to read it. I do want. I will. I. I'm going to actually read it eventually. I keep telling myself <laughs> I have to stop putting that off. So, th- this was such a complex individual, and we got to see so little of that complexity. Mm-hmm. Um, we didn't get to see her achievements, and she, like to me, the tragedy is like she, her dream was to become a famous actress respected famous actress and she became she came so fucking so fucking close yeah that's the tragedy and a part of that was that she couldn't escape her past yeah she did have a longing to meet her father she did want to have children don't give me misery porn yeah but that's only if you had to do it Uh, you really shouldn't just don't do it anyway uh welcome to the story of us a podcast within a podcast allow me to read you (laughs) my mission statement (laughs) this podcast which you're about to hear is about the stories that changed us changed you be it a book movie poem comic video game whatever when you first experienced it this story connected you with connected with you more than any other had before i'm having whiplash right now (laughs) got you in a way that most do not this podcast is about the stories you want people to see because for them to experience it is to know you better this podcast is not necessarily the stories you can experience over and over again sometimes it's hard to look in the mirror i fell in love with star wars but you won't learn anything about me by watching watching it nor is it a story that i would put forward to show you who i am Alternatively, 2014's Birdman is a story that encapsulates the part of me that loves and hates and longs for the mad world of theater. You mean to talk about Birdman? It's not easy for me to watch. This podcast is about starting a conversation. This podcast is about fun conversations and hard conversations. The conversations that need to happen now. This podcast is about connecting through the stories we love, about finding common ground. This is the, the, this is the story of us. I need to start looking at your fucking notes before the show. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so this, so so this is a concept for for a podcast that we were going to do before we came up with de- with derazzled, uh, and Jack did not tell me this was happening. Yeah. So what so what story are we talking about today, Jack? Oh, Birdman. Oh, we oh we are oh are we seriously talking about Birdman? Yeah. Holy shit! Okay. Yeah. <laughs> hell yeah! I'll talk about Birdman. Let's go. Uh. So to to. <laughs> tell you what's going on because i think i just gave joseph whiplash um yeah, you really did it came out of fucking nowhere as you said uh this was one of, we we went through a couple of different ideas before we landed on derazzled uh this was really close to being we literally recorded two episodes of yeah. it. <laughs> yeah i liked the idea i liked derazzled more but i really yeah. liked the idea yes and as Drazzle develops, we want to keep trying new things. We tried a bunch of new shit this season. Yeah. And people seem to respond to it. I enjoyed it. I want to... I get bored really easily. Sure. Um, yeah. So I got to keep things moving to stay interested. Yeah. Keep, keep it growing. Keep it changing. Yeah. yeah. And like as we've changed... Yeah. So, so will the art we put out. Is Drazzled art? Shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Uh, I'd like to think so. 
says the editor. <laughs> the editor can certainly claim it. <laughs> they have to put up with enough shit. Uh, so part of we've we've already developed our most of our schedule for season three. Yeah, and there's a number of them where we've brought in a, a friend of ours to talk about this. This is exact exact thing. So I wanted to kind of do a test run of the story of us, a podcast within a podcast. <laughs> and as I mentioned in the lengthy intro, which will be shortened. For the sure. future ones. That is the intro as was written for the like the original version of this, yes. if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. <laughs> the movie that if you wanted to get to know me better, I would recommend watching Birdman. It's a 2014 movie about a washed up Hollywood actor who's trying to redeem himself, played by Michael Keaton, um, tries to redeem himself by putting on a quote unquote like higher art play on broadway which is great that's that's the premise um he's adopting i think it's a carver or something carver raymond? it's it's a raymond carver play yeah. yeah he's yeah they're trying to do yeah they're trying to do a new adaptation of a raven a raymond carver story yes ed o'neill is edward no norton. not ed o'neill sorry edward norton edward norton that those are very those different are... people <laughs> Oh, yeah. man, those are very different people. A little bit. Oh, no. Edward Norton is the director? So Michael Keaton both is to star in the play, but also direct the play. Ah. Uh, Edward Norton is who they bring in whenever there's a injury on set. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because he wills a, 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 a stage light to fall on a guy. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll probably keep it a, mostly spoiler-free, spoiler but... Okay, okay. The, that happens that's within pretty like the early. first like, five that's minutes. Pr- that's yeah. pretty early. Um, there's uh, also Naomi Watts is in this one as well. Naomi Hi, Watts Naomi. is. I, I literally pulled up the IMDb yeah. for this just as a refresher for me. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah, Naomi Watts is in, indeed in this as She is... plays like the young starlet. Mm-hmm. Huh, weird. Huh, how about that? Um, uh, strange how relevant this right. is, actually. Well, well done. Yeah. You picked a really good time for this. Uh, Emma Stone plays uh, Michael Keaton's daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, recently out of rehab. Recently out of rehab, yes. Uh, Zach Galifianakis plays, I believe, his manager. He's like or agent, manager, agent, producer, the guy who gets shit done. Yeah, I really like Zach. He's Galifianakis really good in, in this yeah. movie. Actually, he's he. Like, this is at a, at a time where he's at like the height of his right. hangover fame and whatnot. And he went and he did this, and it's like that's a different look. Right. It, was a, a, it really shows off his actual acting capabilities. Yeah. I think he does a great job. Uh, Andrea Riseborough is in this yes. as well. Uh, who controversially was nominated for an Oscar for uh for for uh best actress this year. What was she nominated for? Um do you recall? I don't off the top of my head. I, I really enjoy her not only because she's a great performer, but I've watched her in different movies. I'm like, oh, I didn't even know that was you. Uh, it was To Leslie is the name gotcha. of the film. Um, yeah, there was a big like social media campaign yeah. to get her nominated. Some people thought that maybe they had skirted uh, Academy rules. That yeah. it was maybe an inappropriate thing. Uh, it may be an inappropriate thing going forward. But it, regardless, she right. got the nomination. Did not win. Michelle Yeoh absolutely deserved it. Right. But Fantastic actress, very versatile. She's like, oh, she's an excellent actress. Yeah, she uh, and she does a great job in this as well. She's a chameleon too, because I've watched her in movies. And I'm like, oh, that was you. Yeah, and all they did was like change a little bit of her makeup. But the 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 thing that makes Birdman kind of like instantly 
unique is that it's shot as a one shot. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, given the, the you know, the, there's some right, there's some trickery right. in there to make it, you know, that breaks it up a little bit here and there. But the, yeah. it is minimal number of cuts possible, and the way it flows mm. is just gorgeous. And the and oh, the, like the jazz soundtrack, yeah, going throughout yeah, the entire thing, like all those fun jazz drums, yeah, all that soloing and improv is so good. Oh, so it, it's presented as a one movie. shot. Uh, I did rewatch it. Just so I could I could be fresh and God I like fell in love with it all over again. Yeah. It's, to to briefly go over why I like it, why I like it so much is it cat it catches the chaos of putting on a play. Mm-hmm. Um, it catches the sometimes inappropriate relationships between the actors, the crew, um, just the people that are sucked up in this like massive art project. Yeah. Uh, you also get to see the crew. Occasionally just doing their job and not involved in the drama, which <laughs> also feels very real to me. <laughs> That's pretty good, yeah. Um <laughs> But you have you have drinking, you have drugs and addiction, you have inappropriate relationships. Yep. You have everyone's horny. Uh <laughs> specifically shit, you just said her name. Andrea Riseborough? Yes. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. There's always that like one actor who's just like Anyone. 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 Yeah. And that's her in this. That, that is absolutely um, her in this. Uh, ends up making out with Naomi Watts. Oh, I forgot just, about yeah, that. Yeah. It's just so quick. And I'm like, that's a, this little detail. I'm like, I could absolutely see walking in. I'm like, too, I'm like I didn't know they were going to make out. They're like, yeah, th- theater. Th- theater party. Right. Theater party. So <laughs> I, I, if this is your first episode, it's a weird one to start on. Yeah, very much um, so. Second yeah. part of. <laughs> second part <laughs> of the parter. season finale. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but I have, uh, I went to school for theater, um, specifically for performance and directing. I attended for five years, went, went the extra lap. Uh, yeah, and I went for six, no shame. Yeah. It, it was what people typically describe as, or what traditionally is described as people's like high school experience. Like, oh man, it was like the, the greatest time. Like that was the time I like developed the most as a human being. I don't understand people who feel that way about high school. I don't. I, I do ju- feel that way about undergrad i genuinely feel that way but i i would i would include grad school in yeah. that for me too i think just my like that was that was easily a, one of the best times in my life like it like the grad school portion of it didn't end great uh sure. like i mean I, I finished i got the degree but i also had a couple of near mental breakdowns so not right. great but the rest of but the rest of it like it was extremely edifying like learning more about what i in like what i want out of life what more about like the kind of people i want to surround myself with the kind of life that i want you know and you know i feel pretty spectacularly in building any of that but, right you know, right <laughs> well you know except for the people i've been i'm lucky there's very good people in my life being being an undergrad for me it was the first time kind of like a trial run at being an adult yeah um it's like oh i have all this trauma and now i have to go be a big person yeah be, be, um, be a big boy and failed wonderfully uh but also got to basically create the the character that i am got to meet people that i'm like oh these are my people yeah that's such a gratifying thing to like to just gel with and mesh with people on that level yeah the person i dated before belinda we would end up at theater parties every once in a while my old theater friends yeah and I'm like, oh, these are my my people. I I just like click immediately into place. 
and they're like they're obnoxious and loud and wild. I'm like, yeah, isn't it great? Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, I'm like, I'm an introvert, so being around these extroverts is soothing in a way. Um, I don't have to put forward the energy because they're already putting it forward. Yeah, you can kind of just vibe. Yeah, I can just vibe. And if I want to be extroverted for a second, I can. Yeah. So that is to say the theater, the lifestyle of, uh, of theater is very important to me. Some of the values that I have come from that. Uh, if you aren't familiar with Green Room, it has nothing to do with the movie, but the movie is good. Yeah, so the mo- I just jumped to the um, movie. It's like, are we talking – are, right. are we getting Nazis and punks here? Like, right. what's happening? <laughs> There were some Nazis in the one play, but that's not that's... what we're <laughs> So Green Room is typically the place where actors go to, like, wait for – to be called on stage. Yes. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's like a, a, a lounge slash yeah. prep area. Yeah. Since this was a university, the Green Room was opened up to any of the students. Yeah, people, so people just kind of wander in. Right. Yeah. Uh, so you had this, like, salon environment where people would come in and share ideas. and And that's very cool. Yeah. Uh, I have very much missed having a green room. Yeah. Uh, because that attitude traveled with me to where I lived at the time with um, Hank and Ashley, where we had an open door policy. Mm-hmm. We each had locks on our own individual rooms. Oh, sure. But if yeah. you wanted to come in, the house was normally unlocked. We could just come in, hang out, vibe, whatever. That built a community out of uh, out of these people. Mm. And as anybody who is a quote unquote adult in the current world, it's really hard to find friends, to meet friends. It, yeah, it can be. I feel like I've finally uncovered the trick by basically getting involved in specific communities. Yeah, that that, that goes a long way. I just had to find the the communities that work because I'm not in yeah. the theater community anymore. Right. Um, yeah, it's it's an adjustment, kind of adapting those yeah. the, the, those those things to a new a new setting. I had to find the perverts. Yeah, <laughs> you had to find the perverts, basically. <laughs> yeah, basically, it's like, and then within the pervert community, there's sub sections, um, and yeah. slowly, it's all becoming a giant circle. It's just one big circle, <laughs> um, but it starts with. If you're in high school, it's just like, oh, well, these are the kids that sit near me or these are the kids that are like right at my lunch table. Like they're your friends. You chose them. But it's also like, especially if you went to a smaller school, you only have so many choices. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Whereas in the theater, it's you, one, you're trauma bonded because you're all working on this thing <laughs> and you have no you don't have the mental skills to to do it, to, to work through it. Uh, so it's like, wow, I needed you at that moment. And now we're bonded because of this thing that we we did. Yeah. Um, which is not great, but. <laughs> it can be a problem sometimes, yeah. sure. But yeah, it's all, it, it can also, it can lead to healthier uh, interactions yeah. as well. There are a good deal of the friends that I have that are from before my moving to Pittsburgh mm-hmm. are from the theater community. Yeah. So Birdman. It's a Birdman. Sure did like it. <laughs> um something else it's it's very accurate there there's some um heightened oh there, there's some thoroughly heightened uh, aspects to it so pretty early on you are given the position of trying to decide whether or not michael keaton is having a mental breakdown or not mm-hmm. because he's hearing the voice of birdman in his the, head the superhero that he played like 30 years yeah. ago 
so there's there's those elements are obviously not mm-hmm. accurate to what I experienced in theater. The not the mental breakdown stuff that happened, but the like well, hearing a voice in my head. I, well, that's the thing. That, that's one of the parts of the movie that's so good is the fact yeah. that they got Michael fucking Keaton to yeah. play this role, and the Birdman suit is kind of Batman esque. It's pretty Batman. Yeah, yeah. Like, like it is. It, it is like like. The, they couldn't have done – they couldn't have cast a better person right. out, outside of like – I don't know. Christopher Reeve was dead at that yeah, point. Yeah, So like, 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 if you had gotten a Superman to come right. and do that. But like the only living Superman at that point was Brandon Routh. And that, I don't think that would have That would have been worked. a very different movie. Very different movie. Um, uh, yeah. Michael Keaton was the perfect person yeah. to embody this because he could step into that headspace yeah. better than anyone on the face of the planet. He didn't set out to be – Michael Keaton didn't set out to be a big blockbuster actor. No. He wanted to be a comedian. Yeah. Good Lord. Mr. Mom? Yeah. Multiplicity? Yeah. Like, like he, there's like videos of him doing stand-up. Yeah. And then – Probably at a Pittsburgh bar. Probably at a Pittsburgh <laughs> bar. I would love to know which bars he did I know, up. right? I would, I would um, like to know that. I imagine they're probably not here anymore. But Yeah, honestly. So I think let's let's take a quick break. And then when we come back, we'll do some more directed questions. Okay. Welcome back. Uh, we're still talking about Birdman, a movie that I feel very attached to. And if you watch it, you'll probably know me just a little better. Unless you knew me during that time, in which case, don't watch it. You already know. <laughs> like, <laughs> you you were there for the, the shit. Uh, so I... When we were thinking about having this, uh, the story of us as our podcast, we wrote up a number of like test questions. So I'm going to go over a couple of them. Um, I'm going to pretend this is Jack from the past asking Jack today. Cool. These questions. What is it about this story that connected with you more than any other had before? How did it get you? It connected with me because of just how accurate it was or is to theater, at least my experience. A lot of the times you see theater in a movie it's done to make fun of people in theater. And there's certainly like big personalities in this. Like Edward Norton is playing an obnoxious douchebag, but Oh my God. Yes. He's an obnoxious douchebag who's super talented. So you put up with his bullshit. And that's also, there is a meta narrative there as well, yeah. because he is, he has been kind <laughs> yeah. of that difficult to work with douchebag behind the scenes, or yeah. at least there have been, there's been like talk of that for years and years. So he's kind of stepping into his own kind of, his own kind of past. So in this role, the lead actors are all meta narrative. You have Michael Keaton, who was mm-hmm. Batman. You have Naomi Watts, who's, been the young starlet, yep. hopeful starlet. Does that mean that what's her face is also the perpetually horny actress? Huh. What's her name again? Andrea Riseborough. Andrea Riseborough. Riseborough. Okay. Yeah. I'm going to assume yes. I, who, who knows? <laughs> so it gets the characters right. It gets the, the vibe right. It gets the chaos right. The That it is a one shot, quote unquote one shot. And you're following them through this labyrinthian theater. Yeah. And things and, are like and coming. And the streets surrounding and it. And the streets surrounding it. Um, <laughs> there's a smoker's area. Yes. Um, that you have people coming in and out of the scene or you're like following one person or another person. It's just cause it's just like living, breathing um, building uh, with people just like moving in chaos. But like. Most of the time, organized chaos. Yeah. that that I mean, that's the reality of theater, right? Yeah. Just, yeah. Yeah. But how did it get me? 
like I said, we've seen theater portrayed in other films before, but mm-hmm. it's it's like either that's silly or they don't quite get it. Um, what what this gets is that these these characters are all taking the telling of this story, the putting on of this show, very personally. Yeah. Uh, n- none of them are well. You do have Michael Keaton's daughter, who's like, it's just a play. Yeah. Because she's not a theater person. Right. She yeah. She's from the outside. Right, but everyone who's on the inside of it, they they have the external kind of like the storm is coming with the critic, but even beyond that, they want to be validated by the art that they're putting on. Yes, and that's where I'm like, oh, that 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 is me as you. Uh, I want to be validated in the way that I'm doing this is by putting, uh, doing art, putting on art, yeah, showing you my art. Um, and as you can kind of, as what happens with Michael Keaton, wanting this external validation does kind of drive him crazy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. He goes a little cuckoo bananas. Yeah. In the process. So that is how the movie got me more than others have. What does the story say about you? I kind of just said that. Yeah. Um, what do you want people to get out of this story? Hmm. What do I want people to get out of? story this story birdman and and me um i mean i I like i would like people to watch just to experience what putting on theater is like i think i would like people to feel how important putting on a show is for these individuals Uh, i think a lot of time it's easy to look at theater people and kind of poo-poo their um dedication to this project but these characters take it very seriously yeah they especially edward norton's character is there to be like a joke almost but he 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 does a lot of he says a lot of um truths that's this whole thing is like i'm trying to portray the truth on stage um like this is what art means to me this is what story means to me this this is a pretend show but it encapsulates these emotions, these thoughts, this this thing I want to say, my values. Um, that's what I would like people to get out of it. Also, attend theater more because honestly, yeah, yeah. Like if yeah, if if it's like the at the basis level, just like engage with live theater more frequently because mm-hmm. it is a magical experience like, yeah, it can be it can be it can really sweep you away even even a, even something that you're not particularly enjoying yeah there can be moments where it's like wow holy and shit like, they managed to pull that off if you can find like a more intimate space yeah yeah do that oh do my that god shit. yes um like i love a little black box theater mm-hmm. like i'm on the same level as the performers yeah um that stuff's cool yeah that's really cool you can you can vibe off their energy and and they will vibe off yours yeah uh, i mean I, like film's my first love but mm. theater is such a unique experience that i'll find myself like oh, man, during the pandemic i was like man i really miss seeing a show yeah um how do you feel when you experience a story today how often do you still experience it it's a sometimes food <laughs> sure <laughs> it's, it's definitely um i think since I, I watched it in theaters when it came out i think i've watched it twice since then mm-hmm. um it's a movie that i'm like oh i'm f- i'm full i've had this movie and i'm full it was rich it was tasty 
Uh, I savored the experience. I'm good for a while. Fair. Um, how do I feel about it? You know, I've I've worked on my mental health a lot since <laughs> that time. Um, I would hope I wouldn't have the same kind of chaotic mental breakdown that I would or and have. Uh, I can watch these characters and like be- when I first watched, them, I'm like, oh, these are my people. Yeah. When I'm watching, when I watched it yesterday, I was like, these are still my people, but they're incredibly toxic. Yeah. And that's not necessary. You don't have to put on a show and have the experience be toxic. Right. Yeah. It is absolutely possible and preferable for right. it not to yeah. be. So I think that's the biggest difference. Growth. Growth. Uh, is there anything you don't like about the story? No. Honestly, really. that's fair. Yeah. If if I were to start picking things that I don't like, it would be like, oh, this line here or that line here. Um, that's like splitting right. hairs. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what, something I noticed with this watch was there's certain lines you just miss entirely because um, of like levels or because there's something else going on. There's like shit on top of shit. Mm-hmm. And I like that. Like, that feels real to me. Like, yeah. oh, I didn't hear what this character said? Well, no, because there, there's chaos going on over here. Like, I wouldn't hear this. That's whenever fucking Dark Knight Rises came out. And people were like, I didn't understand. I'm like, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like, you don't have to hear every single line clearly. If it's plot relevant, sure. Yeah. But, like, Ed Norton just said, like, a quippy dickhead thing. That's not important <laughs> that's to the plot. That's super not important. It's, yeah, that that's, like, that's, um true to the world yeah. that they're set that they've set up but it's not like it's not a crucial thing that like it's going to impact your interpretation of the film yeah uh would i change anything about it no not really i that, that is birdman's one of those movies that in my mind is just such a fucking masterpiece yeah like it it's one of those movies i have a handful of movies i'm like the only thing i don't like about it is that it ended yeah like i <laughs> wanted to live in that world longer mm-hmm. and which I think they they it is the exact length it needs to be. Yeah, it it if it were longer, it would overstay its welcome. But like I just enjoyed that world so much. If I could say anything to the creator, what would you mess? What would your message be? First, I would ask him if he's done theater. I have. I mean, it's something I, I easily look up. I but I would not be surprised if uh, Inyaritu has done theater. Could you say his his name again? Because I Inyaritu. Yes. Inyaritu. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, because the accent's on the A. Uh, yeah. What else did he did? Did he do the bear movie? The Revenant. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, yeah, the, yeah, the big bear movie that finally <laughs> right. got... Um, Leo. Uh, his... finally got Leo his his, his Oscar. Mm-hmm. Um, what are your thoughts on the subtitle of this movie? It, to me... Uh, remind me what it is. It's... The Unexpected Virtue of Ignorance. Um, that might be the thing I change. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was cu- I was curious about that. Yeah. No, I, I, I like it because if it, the movie was just called Birdman, my expectations for what the movie would be would be incredibly different. Mm-hmm. Um, that specific subtitle, meh. And like, it plays into the story, but I don't know that that's the like underlying through line throughout the film. So I I would keep a subtitle. I would probably change it to something different. Interesting. Do you, just off the top of your head, do you uh, do you have an idea of what or do you, or is that um, something you want me to put more thought into? Well, that's 
that the title as is reads very foreign, which makes sense because he's foreign. Yeah. Um, like when I first saw the title, I'm like, oh, it's a foreign film. We're going to watch a foreign. Oh, wait, no, Michael Keaton's in it. Um, <laughs> wait, Michael Keaton's in it. And it's completely in English. Wait, what? <laughs> right, yeah. Um, I would probably. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm bad at titles to begin with. So coming up with one off the top of my head. Yeah, um, fair enough. Uh, is, is a bit difficult. Uh, as far as the message I would send that gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would ask him if he did theater because I'm just like, you ha- you did, right? You had to, right? You, you just can't. It's, 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 you nailed it, it's too. It's so on the nose. Yeah. Like, it, it, in a good way. Yeah. Like, I would ask him because like a lot of these characters are not great people. No. Um, no. I think if you had to pick a what would be quote unquote a good person, it would be Naomi Watts' character. Yeah, not that any of them are like out and out bad people. No, no. But they're just very driven, and in that drive, they can do shitty things. Mm-hmm. Theater. <laughs> uh, I would ask him to talk about a what what a non toxic version of this movie would be. It would probably be boring mm. as hell. I would I would be curious to hear his thoughts. On I would that. want to hear his thoughts. I don't want to see that movie. I it would it would not. Be, uh, I'd I'd watch I'd watch a short. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. yeah, I'd watch a short of that. Yeah, and I would like to know what he thinks of the characters. I bet like, there's some. I bet that information exists. I, I probably, bet. I, probably. I, I bet there's like some Blu-ray material or something that has that. This is really the only question I'm struggling with because I'm like I don't actually need to hear from him yeah like everything that he wanted to say is in the movie you can suss it out yeah um i there are some people it's a it's an ambiguous ending so some people probably would ask about that i don't give a shit yeah that's not i, I that is um that that's not where my mind would go with that no um be like asking christopher nolan about the end of of, uh, of inception just like no why? it's the least interesting question to ask yeah him. uh like draw your own conclusions or don't mm-hmm. that's not what the movie's about that's not especially inception it's like the movie's not about whether or not it's in a dream or not yeah that's not the yeah that's the point yeah it's i really like this movie um the the last question that we would ask in this theoretical podcast (laughs) that we we've launched within our podcast is for other recommendations if people wanted to get to know me um which i did not think of beforehand you mentioned star wars well, I said Star Wars wouldn't. Yeah, I, I know. I know. <laughs> it was, that was a joke, Jack. Oh, okay. Bird, bird, uh, the, the rest would be like, oh, this is my taste on this thing. So, so bird, Birdman. Uh-huh. Midori. Uh, <laughs> See last episode for God damn it. inside joke. See, I was going to make a different joke. And I was oh, okay. going to say Harvey Birdman, attorney at law. Right. Um, And the documentary archive at the Audubon Society. <laughs> you just like um, birds. You know. I do know. I do know one film that people should watch if they want to know me better. Mm-hmm. Brought to you by Vince DiStefano, um, who repeatedly has told me that my aesthetic is the Zapruder film. <laughs> <laughs> and that's both a very Vince thing to say and yes. 100% accurate. <laughs> it's so we went on a burn together recently. Yes. And everything I did, he's like, Zapruder film. I'm like, fuck, you're right. <laughs> I went to uh, the Goblin Market and made a trade. Yeah. And I, like, searched through this thing to find the item that I wanted. 
uh, and there's this um, broken monkey doll <laughs> with course. pipe cleaners for arms and a spring coming out of its head. And I'm like, I need this. Yes, that's <laughs> it. I've never, you have very rarely described an item that has been a thing that you have needed m- more. Right. Well, I'd already, I'd already purchased the clown painting. So, <laughs> yeah, it's fair. It's fair. <laughs> uh, uh, how are you feeling about Blonde, Birdman, season two? I mean, fuck Blonde. Fuck Blonde. Uh, that fuck was an blonde. Awful that movie, movie. movie's terrible. Uh, movie, the movie is terrible and hates women and is just should not be viewed. Yeah. Don't watch it. <laughs> just, Don't watch it. Watch um, Birdman. Watch Birdman instead, yeah. which is a great fucking movie. Yeah. Holy shit. I, I'm going to watch that again. <laughs> yeah. It moves. Yeah. It, it's, I mean, it literally moves the whole time, but yeah, no, it just trucks along. It yeah. is a good pace. It's a good, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's a, like it's two hours, but it does not feel, it like does it. not feel like two hours. No. Um, um, and season two, I feel pretty fucking good about season two. I need to sit down and see what all happened in season two versus season one. I, cause we did so much this season. We did so much. Oh my God. And I'm like, wait, did my constellation episode, that was last that, episode. No, that, like, was, no, that, that was, this that was the se- season. Yeah. It was part one, but yeah, on, on, lo- on location at, con- at constellation burn was this season. Um, Cat, all of these cats was this season. Cats was last season. Oh, was it? Cats was definitely last season. Oh, okay. okay. Um, oh yeah, I, I remember watching it. At the old house. Yeah. Oh man, uh, all of the uh, development hell stuff was this That's season. True. Uh, the the weirdly interconnected development hell series. Yeah, like the weird thread of like John Peters <laughs> that took place through a lot Ooh. of that. Um. And it's also Mark Wahlberg through parts of it. It's just yeah, yeah. yeah that, that was that was trippy as hell. Um, and then we—I'm not going to spoil it, like the internet already has. But then we had the payoff of the John Peters Superman in the Flash. Yeah, we did. Yeah, only matters I still, to I, me. I but. still haven't. I still haven't seen it. I I know that that happens. Though. It's a movie. It's a movie. I've heard. I've heard a lot of mixed reviews. Um, I love Michael Keaton in it. I thought he was phenomenal. I'm I'm probably gonna wait for it to hit streaming. Before you can probably I watch wait. it. Yeah. Yeah. Shit. I, I guess uh, we should probably say something really quick about the festival, and and then that'll be it. I mean, yeah. I mean, as of as of well, as you're listening to this today, uh, you can submit a short film yeah. to us by you can email it uh, to derazzledpodcast at gmail Put Willem Dafoe in the subject line. And uh, and then we will be considering those th- throughout the year because we want to have uh, so uh, we will post the rules. We do have we the, the rules and regulations are already up. Yes. So there is only one category. It's bad movies. Yeah. It's- um, that can be unintentionally bad. That can be intentionally bad. That can be the result of bad ideas. That can be the result of bad luck. But we don't want good movies. <laughs> we don't want good movies. No. Uh, and and that is not a knock to your work. That is not a right. Yeah, that is not a uh, that is not a gatekeeping kind of thing that we're doing here. It's just not in the spirit of what of like of the Willem Dafoe of, of the Willem Dafoe interview and point that he was making. This is an attempt for you to kind of break out of your box or break mm-hmm. out of your rut, uh, just to kind of kickstart you by getting you to do something, get an idea. Out onto paper and then onto and then onto a screen. As Willem said, as Willem gave you and as I give you, you are given permission, encouraged to make bad art. Yeah. 
what's a thing that you've always wanted to do but have ne- but but would only look good if you had an asinine budget and and digital access yeah. and so on and so forth that but you have a really shitty stupid way that you could make it yeah. work on a like like that you could actually make it happen but it's going to look dumb as hell do that yes like experiment do that kind of thing the only other thing i want to say about it uh, is we would prefer it to be less than 15 minutes or less than 10 minutes is preferred. Yeah, ten, we would prefer, yeah, per, we prefer 10 minute max. But um, we will go 15 if if it's sent, but beyond 15 and we're not the right festival. Yeah, no, you, we, we, we mean short. We, we want to keep that, we want to actually keep this short. Um, we'll have more details about like how we're going to actually host this festival as we get closer to the mm-hmm. date. But we're uh, but as we said in the previous episode, you have eleven months to mm-hmm. actually submit. So you will have until we'll say so June June eighteenth, twenty twenty four, to actually submit. Yeah. So if you want to get started working on something, yeah. go for it. This is the time. If you are just listening to this episode and it's June first, you have time. <laughs> Honestly, yeah, you could. You you could make a short film. I, I I I actually I very much hope we get some last minute really submissions so. like that. Like, oh fuck, I threw this together at the last second. Right, right. very much the kind shot of thing on your phone, phone audio, phone actors, all yeah, of it, all of it. Uh, I will say uh, no AI submissions. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we, we want this to be like you know. You may uh, not. I'm not going to comment about the you know, using AI as a tool to help refine ideas or whatever. This is about you getting something out. This is you. Yeah. This is about people being creative. So no AI, please and thank you. This is not an excuse. To, when we say bad film, we do not mean homophobic, xenophobic, racist, yeah. uh, transphobic, ableist, any of that kind of nonsense. Uh, please don't do that. Yeah, and this is all. Uh, there's like ten regulations for eligibility and it's all very you you know you, you know. know you know um uh, common and, sense and it's all going to be up on derazzle.com mm-hmm. as well so yeah feel free to check out our website all that information will be there as well uh and of course you can always email us mm-hmm. uh at at gmail.com if you have any questions uh if you want to you want to run an idea by us before you submit it to see if yeah. you know if, it'll, if, if it's okay uh yeah, and we're 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 always happy to communicate about those things. You can even reach out to us, reach out to us on social media. If yeah, if I don't mind. Yeah, I mean, Jack doesn't really use social media that much, and honestly, neither do I. But I like TikTok. Jack likes TikTok. <laughs> um, but yeah, if yeah, but we're we're on TikTok and Instagram at derazzled mm-hmm. underscore podcast, uh, Twitter at derazzled pod, and Facebook at derazzled podcast. Feel free to reach out uh, and ask us any questions on those platforms as well. We are more than happy to engage in conversation about this and again there's no submission fee and there's no submission fee yeah like we said this is not about money is the the there there will be a uh a best of show prize that will win a very old uh a gift certificate a gift certificate to chi chi's restaurant the defunct family mexican eatery uh (laughs) because the be- much like the f- the films should not be good, the, the prize, prize reflects that, <laughs> right? <laughs> um, so unless you're a time traveler, it's 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 more about the the vibe. It's more about the vibe. Yeah, that's. And if you are a time traveler, enjoy your half off fish tacos. Yeah, honestly, that would that be that sounds amazing. <laughs> uh, Joe, would you like to wrap us up? I I would love to. So yeah, thank you all for listening, for checking us out here for uh, for our season two finale. 
uh, and surprise springing of a podcast within a podcast that was going to be a podcast before this podcast. Uh, <laughs> we we are thrilled with where, with the direction that we're moving, and we are so excited for uh, for season three. Uh, coming up later this year, uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break, as we I think we've mentioned in the past. Mm-hmm. Uh, two weeks from today, we are going to be releasing a uh, a deleted scenes episode. A couple weeks after that, we'll release another deleted scenes episode. Uh, we might have a, a little interstitial update episode mm-hmm. in between uh, somewhere uh, somewhere after that, and then uh, after that, we will then come back strong with uh with season three which i believe the first episode is going to be talking about the love guru and we're gonna be bringing on my mom yeah uh so <laughs> so there so there's that to look forward to guys we made a lot of risky decisions <laughs> and we're starting with that one as willem instructed we're doing it. <laughs> We're doing it. Uh, so please, if you have not already, please rate and review the show everywhere you possibly can. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on uh, Spotify, Podchaser, Podcast Addict, Good Pods. Anywhere you can rate and review helps us out a ton. It helps more people discover the show. A lot of people have discovered the show this season. Yeah. And we're hoping, like, I know like, we, like, we, are, like, we are looking to continue to get, to get more people to experience us spread like a virus <laughs> uh but but yeah but remember if you've been here if you've been here for you know for the duration you've been keeping up uh, keeping up with us here thank you we it means the world to us we love you for that and uh be sure to come back next season where we are of course sure, sure to, to razzle dazzle yeah <laughs>